on Twitter. Now I'm in Los Angeles moving my friend into a penthouse apartment. Uh, what have you been up to? Well, I did an escape room finally, which we had briefly referenced on a previous episode. So yeah, before before I was going to do it. I never talked about my escape room. So you did an escape room in, in Montana. In, yes, I did. And how was it? Was it like a, a theme? Yes, it was like a cowboy. It was a western theme. Okay. And and I went like in an hour, yeah, like an hour. An hour an hour time frame. Okay. Um and only one person in our group had ever done one before and after we had done it, she said it was completely different on every level than this one. I don't know if that was a <laughs> A good or a bad thing did, did you did you did you complete it we completed it with one second left i was literally oh, wow. punching in the final code on the door i was i was the one controlling the handle lock to get us act physically out of the room and i unlocked it with one second left and just jumped out of the room so i was initially pretty skeptical of it especially you do events like this i don't well not like this but Things in Billings, Montana, typically don't live up to expectations or what they should be, which will be right. executed much better in a bigger city. So I was pretty skeptical, um, and it actually turned out to be quite a bit of fun. My only uh, issues with it were maybe the construction of some of the the puzzles and things like that did were you, did, subpar. Did you have like someone in the room with you? No, they watched on a camera, and there was okay. a TV screen that would give you the hints if you needed to use anything like that. So you, um, I did mine, and it was set in a cave, and we had like a, a guy with a hard hat on who was leading us into this cave, and he would he would give you hints when nothing was happening, right? You so just wanted they just whistle. they just willingly kind of moved you along. So was there is there yeah. was there a possibility that you actually wouldn't finish then if there's a guy actively oh. giving you hints? Well, he was go he would be like, you know, that's not what you should, what you should be doing. Maybe you should try this, you know. Did not your Did yours have red herrings? No. Well, there wasn't. Okay, see ours did. Ours had a couple. Like there were things that okay. And you could almost kind of pick them out. Eventually, we're just like, that seems like they're trying too hard to make it look important. And then it turns out it just had nothing to do with anything. So did you did you like yours? I mean, did you we think... Did, we, didn't, we didn't finish ours, but we, we got um, a difficult... Uh, Level? Escape of, room. Yeah. Like, you, you couldn't go into the main room before solving two puzzles. And then once in the main room, the concept was you had to find four idols to open the door. So and this is like Legends of the of Hidden them. Temple. Sure yeah, and then they were of mixed difficulty. Yeah. Um, one was like an idol was stuck in like a, um, a tunnel and you could only get it out with like long, you had to make some kind of long tool to sort oh, of to grab the... Yeah. And, and um, my boss spent the whole hour trying to get, well, once we got into the main room, my boss spent the whole hour trying to get that idol out and he couldn't. So, so that's why you failed. One and, among reasons. other things. Yeah. Like, and then like some of the puzzles, they're a little obtuse where you have to put all, you have to put things together and like, oh, I recognize that shape. It's over here. And then, oh, I've seen that. It's over here. Ours had lots of combination locks and, and locks with keys. And it actually physically, we ended up going into what was kind of like a wardrobe. You ended up unlocking a wardrobe, and then it actually let you into a next room. And we didn't actually know there was another room. Turns oh. out there was actually two more rooms. We thought everything happened in this one room, which seemed kind of lame. But we're like, okay, the puzzles run real deep right, in this right. room. But then we were running out of stuff, and eventually we get this wardrobe open. And we're like, oh, shit, there's an, physically another room. 
and then right. there was another room in addition to that. So, well, that's that that's kind of cool. It's not just like one room. You're actually escaping, right? Yeah, we really you really do. And and the thing is, is once we got into that other room, everything fell into place really easily. And the dude who was monitoring us in the room. He was actually cleaning up the escape room while we were still doing it because I guess they needed to turn it over for the next group. Oh, and so he's kind of behind bit, like cleaning things up. Yeah, that was a little odd where we're still trying to go through the puzzles and he's already, you know, packing up whatever we pulled out. They got to turn and burn, man, because there was a group. Yeah. I mean, I guess you have an hour, so you know when your next group needs to get in, but... Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so we finished with one second. I was I was kind of hoping we'd be real smart and, and, and set a record, but we missed one thing, and I think we probably could have, you know. At least you got out. At least you got out. Yeah, we didn't fail, so that's good. And I think I think doing it with just one second left is actually cooler than this, like, oh, there's like 10 minutes left, because that wouldn't even have set the record. It's funnier that we literally, I just rolled is it, out. Is it door. just like one escape room, or are there different options? Uh, there was another one, but I think it... I think it was it was a jailbreak thing, and okay. I and I believe it was there were people like dressing up, so I think I wonder some like participatory <laughs> things that none of us were willing to do. Like somebody has to act like an inmate, and I'm sure they probably like read off a script, kind of thing. And I thought that seemed kind of dumb too, so we didn't do that one. I wonder like how many how much office space is now being rented for escape rooms. This uh. this place is is actually like two blocks from my house and I had no idea it was that close. I mean, mm -hmm. we we could have walked there from my house to this place. It's really yeah. close. And I guess they're going to switch it over next month to a different one. So I think we're okay. going to give that it makes a, sense. We're yeah. going to give it a shot and do it again. We'll see. But there was so. some poorly constructed that was my main critique is they just <laughs> they had like these colored things and it was just like colored on with marker. Well, and how, there was like you, three I'm, colors that looked purple. <laughs> How much did you pay? I didn't pay. I don't actually know what the cost was. Oh, we paid thirty bucks a head per person. Yeah. Wow. I think I I hope ours wasn't that much because I didn't pay for it. So, meanwhile, in in my life, I've been in Iowa, and before that, I was in Chicago. And uh, my last night in Chicago, I hung out with a friend. I met I met through the internet, and. We went out to eat, and then afterward, he's like, do you want to go anywhere? It's like 9, 10, 10 o'clock at night, and I'm like, oh, let's go see the, the, the Shameless house where the Gallagher's live on, on, on Showtime Shameless. And so we drove over there, and the neighborhood is not, um, not nice. <laughs> it's not in the show either. So it's, accurate, yeah. depic it's accurately it's depicted. Yeah, it was weird driving around this neighborhood. I'm going like, oh, that's Sheila's house. Oh, I, I've seen them walk, you know, on the street. So they're all very physically yeah. close. I, I, but the thing is, I, I recognize the neighbor's house, but I actually didn't recognize the uh, the Gallagher house. But maybe it's just because, like, I've never seen it at night. And there's, like, no street lights. It's just, it was just darkness we were driving through. No no one lives in this house, do No, they? someone lives in the house. Oh, really? And so, and so I... I'm wondering if they shoot because obviously all the interiors are shot in Los Angeles and then they go to Chicago to shoot some exteriors. Yeah. And so I guess like when they're shooting exteriors, she just moves out and maybe they put her up at a hotel, sure. the woman who lives in this house. Which is probably must be odd nicer than like a house. Just, yeah, when you're just like in her house and just doing, you know, poking your head out of the door or something. Well, it makes you wonder how the production works on other shows where obviously someone lives in this house. They use the exterior often. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then what I noticed was uh, Modern Family doesn't use the exterior of their house too much anymore. It seems like they use it quite a bit less than they did, at least during the first couple seasons. My, I think my, the story I remember is the Breaking Bad Jesse Pinkman's house. <laughs> that was put on sale. Yeah between the first and second season. And if I remember correctly, the, he moves out of the house in the season two. The, the owners, you know, had a change of heart after the show became popular. And so they, they got to use the house once again. Oh, really? They gave it back, kind of. Okay, so Winter Storm Jacob caused me a lot of 
headache. Was it, was it Jacob or Jonas? Jonas. I keep thinking it's Jacob for some reason. It's not Lost related. It's Weezer related. Yeah. But it got me to thinking, you know, the debate about hot weather, would you rather live in hot weather or cold weather? And the argument is always, oh, in cold weather, you can keep putting on layers, but in hot weather, you can't peel off your skin, right? And so cold weather is preferable, <laughs> though I'm, I'm not so sure. I would disagree. I have, I have an easier time cooling down than I do warming up, I guess. Okay. I guess I come from someone who has never really had air conditioning. It's always been a fan, and fans don't do it jack shit. No, they don't. I can breathe out the heat, but the thing about cold weather is it always comes almost with, you know, it almost always comes with snow, and that's right. a physical deterrent from doing some things, whereas at least in hot weather, it's like you can at least go outside, and there's not, like, something hindering you from doing something if you want really, truly yeah, But you can go outside, but, you know, you can get dehydrated. It's, yeah, sunburn. I mean, yeah, more or less, you're right. It, you're, you're, but there's not a physical layer of things, like, on right, the ground, right. like, to take a run. Yeah, yeah, it might be 110 degrees out, probably not a smart time to run, but you could do it, whereas if it's snowy and icy, yeah, yeah. You, you'd have to be a little bit more crazy to run, I guess. Well, in hot weather, I hate summer because I like running outside. And during the summer, you basically have to begin running at 10 p.m. because it's so hot out. Well, and you can pick and choose a time. You're right. Whereas right. In, in the snow, you're basically in uh, on a treadmill yeah, if you want to run. There's no outdoor running. So. I, d I did try running in the cold once in Chicago. It was probably not a good idea. Uh, well, I mean, there's temperature ranges, and if it's not snowing out, it's probably really ideal. there was like snow on the sidewalk so there could have been ice and i could have slipped sure and let's segue to the question would you rather die in hot weather or cold weather you know i love I, I shouldn't say i love but every time there's a heat wave or a, a, a winter storm you read about people dying in you people you have people dying in the weather and i feel like in hot weather it's a sad death. Oh, they got heat stroke. Yeah. They're old. Mm -hmm. And in, or they got dehydrated. And in cold weather, it's, you know, oh, they had a heart attack after shoveling snow. Or, oh, they shouldn't have driven on an icy road and they crashed. crashed. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a little more uh, cold weather death is a little more unsympathetic. Than, than a hot weather, hot weather death. Yeah, there's a little bit of a, a divide there, in how in the descriptions of deaths you hear, based yeah, on was, the weather. I found this article um, listing deaths that happened during Winter Storm Jonas. A lot of cardiac arrest after shoveling snow. Old, you know, a person over 50. A lot of um, car accidents. And then I'm just looking here. Mary Wall, 64, died while shoveling snow, but wasn't found until Monday afternoon. Oh, she was died while shoveling snow on Saturday, but wasn't found until Monday afternoon. When children returning home from school found her snow-covered body. Well, at least she stayed, like, cold. It's like, it's like the preserved. shiner, right? Yeah, she's, she was preserved. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Al Mansour, six, these are all old people. Al Mansour, 66, was struck and killed by a snowplow, clearing his driveway. Ugh. Angel Janelle was found dead Monday afternoon inside his running, plowed-in car in Brooklyn. His relatives say that they suspect he got inside the car to warm up Sunday and turned it on, and the car got buried. You got to make sure that tailpipe is clear, otherwise you get carbon monoxide. Well, no, no, but, but, like... but he, he said the car got buried, so... I'm thinking... It how does, may how does have, it maybe the maybe the plows came by and plowed a bunch of snow on it. I'm kind of thinking like he did get like carbon monoxide poisoning because it will jam up the tailpipe and then the next thing you know, but I mean, you're just, at like, this point, going to sleep forever. You have a phone, right? But call someone if you're stuck in your car. That's why I'm thinking he didn't realize like, okay. oh, now I'm sleepy and now I'm dead because that's how it happens. Uh, but yeah, like. Would you rather, when you're old, <laughs> would you rather die in hot weather or cold weather? I want some sort of sympathy, so I'm going to go with hot. 
I think, I I think it'd be like a, cool, a cooler death. I wonder if heat drives people to do stupid stuff too. You know, we're, I happen to be reading a list of cold weather related deaths, but yeah. you know. Well, okay, yeah, I guess the next thing was actually another carbon monoxide poisoning. So maybe that other yeah. yeah. lot of A lot of carbon monoxide poisoning because snow got caught in the tailpipe. A lot of cardiac arrest because they were shoveling snow. See these shouldn't people shouldn't people know by now if you live in a snow if you live in a snowy area, don't do this stuff. These seem like shitty, uncool deaths. Yeah. Like it's just like you had But I mean like if if this if these are shitty and cool deaths, you know, how shitty and, and uncool is Oh, it was too hot for this old person, right? <laughs> I died because it was too hot. They they didn't have that sweet sweet AC. I feel bad. So, so I was in Chicago and I was in Iowa and I saw um, people wearing I don't know what they're called, but they're like uh, winter coats and they have the, the like the around the hood is just a bunch of like feathers or like um, fur. Like yeah, yeah. And yeah. I wonder like. Is that really effective? Like, what is that protecting? Just to like put out like a wreath on your face. You know, I don't. I've never owned a coat with with that on it. I mean, it seems like if you. So just like a fashion thing. No, I think it's functional. I think it's like a wind diffuser type of thing, and it just keeps. It's nice and soft and warm. Or it's kind of like a scarf, but not a scarf. I'm, sh- I'm it's, sure. It's not, even prote- it's not protecting your face. If no, it just kind of. It's just going around your, around you know, your, your face. I. It doesn't cover your ears like earmuffs do. It's well, but I mean, if you're wearing it, you've got a hood over your ears. But it, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to know how much more effective this is than just a plain hood. Right, right. Like you're right. Is it is it a fashion thing more than it is a functional thing? I'm not like All an right. old rich lady who. <laughs> Who's in Aspen right now? Walking the walking the shops. Still on notes, constellations. So I was running home, and I was looking up in the sky, and you can see the stars. And I thought, <laughs> how did we come up with our constellations? Because I look up in the sky and I just see like random stars. It's like the worst connect the dots ever, right? And meanwhile. Oh, that's supposed to be a, a ladle, and that's a, a bear, and you know that's a lion. I, I, I wonder how they, I wonder how they did it in in like the 1500s, right? Like, like they saw something up there, and they were like, "That looks that looks like a yeah, dipping and, and cup." Did, did people use like stars to navigate? navigate? Yeah. You know, how do you remember which stars are which? You have to have a really good memory because I look up and I just use stars, right? I mean, and, I can I can and, pick out the Big Dipper. Like, oh, you can. Oh. Yeah, I like one or two of them. But then you get to that thing where it's like South Park. It always reminds me of the Planetarium episode of South Park, where they're like they they show a couple of stars and they're just like, oh, this is like Taurus the Bull, and then they show some more and they're like, that's Roger Ebert, and then with like a thumbs down, it's like four stars, and then they show a couple of stars and they're like, that's the Crusades, and it's just like a super detailed picture of the Crusades yeah. happening, and it's just like, well, that's a bit of a stretch. Like I could see a cup. Like the old dipping cup up there, but you can, can you see it every time? I almost yeah. But here's the other uh, thing: is you live in, you live in an urban area that is it, light. Well, it's not, it's, it's not a, even a matter of me not being able to see the stars. It's like when I can see the stars, they're just. It just looks like stars to you, and nothing. Yeah, else. yeah. I mean, everyone back then could pick out all the all the all yeah, the shapes. Yeah, like. We got to ask Neil deGrasse Tyson about this, yeah. I guess. It is stupid, though. There are some of them where you're just like, how does that make this thing? And would you remember it? A couple of stars I can make a box out of. You right. know, like <laughs> that makes sense to me. But some of them are like super detailed things. And it's that's that's a, that's a stretch. We're, Finally, we're, we're obviously not star people. Right. Finally, uh, public restaurants. Can you. Are you comfortable pooping in a public restroom? Yes. Not, I'm not a big fan of it. I'd prefer to be ah. at the comfort of my own home. But, you know, okay, when you, sometimes there's no other option. See, I'm comfortable doing it, and I, I've, I've gotten more brazen <laughs> as I've gotten older. I, I have as well. I mean, so, it's less of a big deal. Yeah, you're, and you're comfortable in the ones where there's a gap between the door and, and, the, and, and the wall. I don't. I don't like that. That's uncomfortable to okay. me. 
So, you know, I have no problem doing that now. And I've also used ones where the door wouldn't lock and you guys just walked in on me. Um, but I, I've always, you know, I've always been fascinated with people who, who, who don't use, who can't, use, can't poop in public, right? There should be um, a, a television show about them. Like a TLC show? can't poop yeah like i i can't poop because like what if you're you know you can't really (laughs) be too far away from home if you can't poop in public right it's a limiting it's a limiting thing it's it's like an ankle bracelet but for your age yeah you're you're kind of you're kind of chained to a certain area you know if you're not if you hadn't haven't haven't evacuated for the day and related to that why, why do people put light switches for restrooms outside the restroom? You know, we, my, my parents have one in their home, but that was because when they remodeled their home... It wasn't a bathroom before. Oh, it used to be a bathroom, but they changed where the door went. So uh-huh. you used to have to go outside through the garage to get the bathroom, but now you can get it through the inside. Why but would you have I to said, go through the outside, through the it's, garage? It's, it was an old house. But, you know, I see newer buildings where the light switch for the bathroom is outside. And I don't get it. Like, who wants someone to be able to turn off the light while, the, while they're pooping, right? What always really annoyed me is I'd go over to a friend's house in high school. And, uh-huh. and, and you don't, you know, you're not familiar with, with the layout of the house, perhaps. And, you know, you go to the bathroom and it's, you know, maybe it's dark in the hallway and you're fumbling around inside and you just you can't see anything you don't know you know it's not second nature to know where the the switch is and right, then right. and then it turns out it's on the outside like you're supposed oh, so to you know, couldn't like, even turn it on. like you're supposed to know or it's just in some asinine spot it's not like right next to the door frame you know it's like, like, like it's like on the opposite side wall next to the shower door or something and you're just like how are you even supposed to know like, like there's like shouldn't there's no shouldn't indication co- or no way to indicate Shouldn't contractors have some kind of Hippocratic oath to not put the the, the light switch for uh, you know a restroom on the outside? They're, they should they should have a standard. The, the disabled can't can't like hit a light switch inside the bathroom. Yeah, it's just, it's on the outside, so you can just turn the light off on them. All right, final finally, um, <laughs> people who fart while they pee at a urinal, fair or foul? I think it's a fair move. Okay. What about what's your opinion? It's it's so weird how our culture, how, how farting is still like something you don't do in public, right? Even though everybody farts, right? I have over the years, and I've made this clear to anyone I hang out with. You know what? If you get you know you 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 fart, it happens, and, and you get caught. Like they're just like somebody's like, what? What's going on here? Like. I, I will always claim it. I'll be like, that was that was me. I tr- I try to get okay. away with it, but if you get caught, I own up to it because then everybody's like, oh, you, whatever. But then right. otherwise, if you're all like pretending, then they know it's probably you because they know they didn't do it, <laughs> and then they know it's you anyways, and they just think you're trying to get away with some bullshit. So just own up to it. Because then right. if I don't own up to it, everybody knows it truly wasn't me because that's just the mo I've set forth. And then, then, right. then we know that some like asshole crowd in the bar, and there's just like some fucking gassy motherfucker farting in our face, and then we can all, you know, be upset at somebody else, the true culprit. Yeah, that's my that's my farting oath. Okay, so this slipped my radar. Um, this film called "Rain the Color of Blue with a Little Red in It." It's a uh, Nigerian Niger. Nigerian. It's not Nigeria. It's Niger. <laughs> the country Ni- of Niger. Yeah, okay. Nigerian remake of Purple Rain set in the Saharan Desert. Uh, it's the the first feature film in the Tamashek language, which has no word for purple, hence the title "Rain: The Color of Blue." <laughs> Red oh, in it. Oh, okay. And evidently, it was news last February. And I, I just heard about it now, or I may have read about it and just forgotten about it. If the film sounds like a joke, that might be because it started, started as one. Christopher Kirkley, a Portland-born, quote, guerrilla ethnomusicologist, unquote, came up with the idea of a West African homage to Purple Rain while living in Mauritania 
uh, and riffing on movie concepts with a Canadian expat. <laughs> what, you know, what, what are these circumstances that lead to a Portland-born ethnomusicologist living in Mauritania with a Canadian expat? It sounds like a very random conversation yeah. come to life. So is it good? Like, have you heard positive I don't know. things about it? Um, but it's it's an earnest remake of Purple Rain. Like, so. it, it turned serious. Like, it... Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And another uh, remake I want to note. I got to stop saying notes because it's a notes section. It's not the notes section. I, I just learned that someone remade the French horror film Martyrs. Like, Americans remade it, and it's, it's tamer than the original. And I had to, I had to, like, think, I had to read up on what Martyrs was about, because I, I always confuse it with High Tension and uh, Frontiers. The, you know, that... And they're mid- all, like, the, well, High Tension was a little earlier, but... Yeah, so they're all, like, really gory and gory French horror films, but yeah, I think Martyrs was my least favorite of the three. Oh, really? I really like Martyrs. Okay. There was, but there was a, a, a point in time right around then where I was watching lots of foreign horror and it was, it I think, was I think I just, I just remember, uh, I think in, at the end of high, high tension, there's a scene with like a chainsaw and there's a lot of blood and that's my favorite out of all the scenes and, and, in that sort of French horror wave in the mid two thousands, I never saw Frontiers. Uh, I saw it. Yeah, um, there's a there's a there's a great another uh, buzz. I shouldn't say chainsaw. I said buzzsaw scene in Frontiers as well as in High Tension. And High Tension was remade too, I think. Yes, it was. So, so yeah. This, so do we know who did the Martyrs one? Then is it anybody of just note? some uh, American horror? Filmmakers, it, it was actually released in theaters in January. I missed it. American mm. theaters, yeah. All right, so it's pilot season in television land, and I thought we'd go through some of the pilots being commissioned, discuss whether we're uh, in or out on them. Okay, Downward Dog is a comedy based on the web series of the same name, centers on a woman, Nan Allison Tolman, and her dog. The twist is that it features a modern family-style confessional device for the dog. So Let's say you. So we're 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 working with a talking dog here. A talking dog. But have you seen this? Have you seen the web series? I haven't. Have you? No. I like no. Allison Tolman. She was. And Luca, Luca, Lucas Neff from Raising Hope is is the co-lead. Is he the I kid? I like him. Was it the kid or? He, no. Yeah, he's the son. He's Jimmy on Raising he, Hope. He was the younger one. Okay. I don't know. The talking animals talking don't. Dog. Have you seen the rash of talking dog and animal and cat movies that are coming out? <laughs> I don't. I, I. These are not for me. Not for you. Not for you. Okay. Dream Team. Marty Schumacher coached his last club soccer team for ten years, ultimately taking them to the national championships. He now has to start from scratch with a diverse group of eight-year-olds and their disparate parents. Soccer comedy. Mm. And it doesn't really say who's in it. We'll see. They haven't cast it. Okay. Uh, I... Oh. The, the, the Fluffy Shop, a uh, semi-autobiographical comedy, follows Gabriel Iglesias as a stepfather and boss to his family and friends. <laughs> the, oh, I see. The Fluffy. Uh, this is the like Fluffy, yeah. Fluffy, yeah. No, I'm out. Yeah, let's see here. Um, I expect you to tell me when you're in on something. Otherwise, I'm just going to assume you're out. Eh, I'm, I'm, I'm in on everything through through the pilot, and then, and then you know, I can usually tell. You're a braver. Which, well, yeah. yeah, you're a braver man than most of us. Pearl, when a larger-than-life family matriarch finds out that she has cancer, she becomes intent on controlling and orchestrating every aspect of her family's life before she dies. This is a comedy. It could be all right. I mean, like without seeing a cast, it's hard to know, but it sounds okay. The second fattest housewife in Westport. I'll <laughs> have to change this name. A family narrated by Katie, a strong-willed mother raising her flawed family in a wealthy town filled with perfect wives and their perfect offspring. Yeah, that, that, title's, that title's a killer. 
that's a terrier's title. Speechless. A family with special needs child is good at dealing with the challenges it faces and excellent at creating new ones. So this is life goes on, right? Life goes on for millennials. Quirky. Yeah. 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 Okay. I like that producing team though. Jake Kasdan and Melvin Marr. They do a uh, new girl and grinder. Square roots. A man from a family of logic-driven engineers is determined to use his gift to help people he loves with their everyday issues. <laughs> so he has Asperger's. Yeah, this he's is, like an uh, Asperger engineer, and he's come to solve all your problems. It could be all right. This is totally like, hey, we want our own Big Bang Theory, right? Yeah, it could. Yeah, it could be. It sounds like more family, though, and less yeah. like group of friends, but who knows. Toast. Toast. Over the course of Max and Paige's wedding rehearsal dinner, their eclectic family and friends give toasts recalling anecdotes about the couple, but flashbacks reveal the toasts don't always get it right. Oh, this is from Shonda, this is from Shonda Rhimes, but I mean, how many, to- <laughs> how many toasts? You know, if this, is, this is a series. Do, and- do these flashback shows ever work? No, where they like never go worked. back to correct things yeah. or show how something it doesn't. And they never get anywhere ever. Think about reunion. Reunion. The one, that's the one I'm thinking yeah. of. Yep, it uh, it never worked. And that's it, a lot of that's a lot of toes. Do you think 24 episodes and then if there's season two, 40, 48 toes? Well, it's one of those ones where you're just you're limited out of the gate by the by the initial premise of the show. I, I, I hope this one runs long and someone cuts together like the, the actual toast. Well, this is coming <laughs> out. This is coming out of the Shonda factory. Uh, it so. very well could. So you know you have you have the best man giving what telling hundred stories. All right, let's see what we have here. Untitled, a thirty-something bachelorette's life is turned down when she finally meets the love of her life, a divorced father with three kids. Okay, uh, this triggers even more upheaval when the slightly unhinged imaginary friend she created as an only child suddenly reappears in her life. This is like Drop Dead Fred. I'm in. Okay. I <laughs> love it. From, it's from uh, the producers, uh, the creator of the Goldbergs. An unapologetic lesbian and her best friend, a neurotic straight male, navigate their dysfunctional codependent relationship. Okay. Uh, the... The gays and the straight yeah. like matchup; those shows never work for me. Okay, I mean um, they're, they're always they're always trying that, and it never it never clicks with me. Oh, here we are: the death of Ava Sofia Valdez, and in, described as Macbeth with a Cuban twist. <laughs> this is this reminds me. Well, what's the show that has uh, not Ava Mendez, but what's her name from Desperate Housewives? The, the telenovela one? Yeah. It's, these are not shows for me. This is not my yeah, demo. Well, let's see. Oh, Wait designated survivor centers on a low-level U.S. cabinet member, Kiefer Sutherland, who is suddenly appointed president after a catastrophic attack during the State of the Union kills everyone above him in the presidential line of succession. The series is described as a family drama wrapped around a conspiracy thriller about an ordinary man in an extraordinary situation. Okay, well, you know I'm probably in because of Keeper <laughs> Sutherland, but now he is, he this, gets to be president. This like, is basically like the Olympus is falling, right? Olympus has fallen. Yeah, and it's got. So. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in on this one if it goes right. if it goes the, the stretch. The jur- the jury the, the anthology series is described as twelve angry men meets Siri the podcast serial. The jury follows a single murder trial seen through the eyes of individual jurors. Okay, so there was that one show yeah, this reminds in the 90s, Murder, murder One, that was one case over one season. But this is like 12 perspectives, right? If you do 24 episodes, it's each person goes twice. So it's like a Lost meets... Well, uh, they, do you think they would go 24, though? I mean, you'd have to... They, I mean, there's got to be, be some time, to, time, to tell the, yeah. time to tell the story, like, right. yeah. as well. It's all it goes for execution on this, whether or not it would turn out to be any good. It could be interesting. I mean, and, and telling telling murder trials, real or fake, that's hot. Yeah, yeah. So, right now. So, it could be good. 
Marvel's most wanted. <laughs> I like how we just abandoned the internet out conceit. We'll just talk about, we'll just discuss them. Marvel's most wanted, a second spinoff from Aiden. No, not another one. Yeah. So three, three Marvel shows that, yeah. And it, and it keeps Adrian, Adrian Palicki. Palicki. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God, this just means I got to watch more Marvel shit. Yeah. I'm already, it's already slogged to catch up on Agent, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I'm not going to bother with Agent Carter. We're, we're reaching peak uh, superhero. Uh, Spark, set in an alternate history where gas and coal fuel the world, this genre soap centers on the battle for power between two rival families and a rebellious young woman, blah, blah, blah. So it's like oil, but with what was gas oil, and coal. What, what was the oil show on ABC? It's like blood, blood and blood oil. And oil? Yeah. So it's like it's like Dallas with an alternate history set in an alternate history. Still star-crossed, a period drama that picks up where Romeo and Juliet left off, charting the treachery, palace intrigue, and ill-fated romances of the Montagues and the Capulets in the wake of the young lover's tragic fate. This uh, is another Shonda show. Man, she is, she's busy. So. Post Romeo and Juliet. Uh, uh, not for me. Based on the novel Time After Time, the drama uses H.G. Wells's novel and movie as a starting point. Oh, the epic adventures of young H.G. Wells in his time machine. As long as they use Cindy Lauper as the theme, isn't song? that just like Doctor Who, right? Is it a one? Of, is it a jumping around? Is it a Quantum Leap show? Like, I imagine, yeah, it looks like a Quantum Leap show, right? Well, I vote they use Cindy Lauper's Time After Time as the theme song, and then I'm sold. Otherwise, okay. no. So that's all ABC. Now we're going to CBS. Um, oh, good God. That was only one network? It's one only. There's a lot of pilots order, right? Uh, let's see here. I'm just going through. I'm, just, I'm not going to read all of them. What about um, the Tina Fey thing? The kicker, an oddball athlete drives family, friends, and strangers insane after he unexpectedly finds himself cut from his professional football team. So is this the analog to the soccer one? We got a sports a sports. Pilot. I think this, this is one like, you know, it's life after professional football, right? With Tina Fey involved, that could be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Untitled, an extended family show inspired by the Australian format. Upper, upper middle bogan. Bogans are like... The, you know, the rednecks of Australia, about a wife and mother who learned she was adopted and that her birth parents are a flamboyant but loving family of drag racers. I like it. I, especially <laughs> if there's a lot of Australian shenanigans and them calling things hilarious well, shit. Well, it's, it's not Australian. It's based on an Australian concept. Wow. So the I want it to be Australian. Yeah. Kevin James? Nope. Uh, oh, here we go. Bunker Hill from Jason Kadams. A young Silicon Valley tech titan enlists a veteran surgeon with a controversial past and starting a hospital with cutting-edge, new-school approach to medicine. <laughs> uh, so, I'm, uh, I'm out on all, always on medical shows. But it's a high-tech hospital. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I, I read this note. Uh, spe uh, speaking of Jason Kadams, Kadams has a funeral home set musical soap in the works. That's in contention at NBC. <laughs> a musical funeral home show. Yeah. Go figure. Oh, Drew, a contemporary take on the character from the iconic Nancy Drew book series, now in her 30s. Nancy is a detective for the NYPD. And then they, they're casting Black for this, right? The lead? I, I have no idea. I think um, I think they are. I, so, I keep hearing so, about well, it. So they would they would pair this probably with Elementary, right? Which is yeah, their contemporary Sherlock. So that one has a Asian female Watson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I this this could this could do well. Yeah. All right. So Fox now. Fox is two Lord Miller shows. One Son of Zorn centers on an animated barbarian father who comes home for the first time in ten years to live with his live action son and ex wife. So it's a mix. It's a mix. It's like Roger Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this could be cool. I need some rotoscope. Uh, I need some rotoscope characters. That'd be cool. Untitled centers on three unlikely friends who find a way to travel through time, irreversibly complicating their personal lives in 2016, as the great moments of the past collide with today's popular culture. Another, the, another the time travel show. The premise right. could work. It could. It could be unlimited, uh, or they yeah. paint themselves in the corner. 
I would like to think that it might be unlimited and good. All right, APB, a tech billion, more tech people, a tech billionaire purchased a troubled police precinct in the wake of a loved one's murder. But can this eccentric and enigmatic figure, figure's cutting-edge approach fix the broken ways of these blue-blooded veterans? So we have a high-tech hospital and here's high-tech police precinct. And he just buys it and makes the police do what he wants? Or maybe they're using Google Glass or something. Uh. 24 Legacy, we, uh, we discussed this. They have a, they have a lead now, yeah. Dr. Dre and Straight Outta Compton. I wonder, like, well, Kiefer's tied up being the president, but if that show's canceled, how soon, you know, does well, Fox reach out for a cameo, right? Well, because it, it wasn't long after Touch disappeared that Kiefer popped yeah. up, you know, back where he should have been. You know, you know, he's still alive. Maybe, uh, maybe President Kiefer can pardon Tony hey. Almeida, right? Yeah, Tony's still, Tony's still floating <laughs> yeah. around. Uh, the Exorcist, a modern reinvention inspired by William Blatty's book, uh, following two very different men tackling one family's case of a horrific demon possession. It's, it sounds limiting. I don't think it would work as a TV series. Pitch centers on a young female pitcher who defies the odds when she becomes the first woman to play in the major leagues. A, uh, I don't a, know about baseball shows. That's a feel-good thing. Wasn't there another one not that long ago with... Uh, Shit, who was in there, that? There have been a few winner. baseball shows. Yeah, and they never seem to go anywhere. A prison Break. Well, Straight to series, I, it says. A new chapter based on the original. I, <laughs> I stopped watching. And see, we, just, we discussed this. Um, hey, we okay. can't assume everyone listens to every podcast yeah. either. So they're still on the run. <laughs> they must not be that busy with DC's Legends of Tomorrow then. No, well, it's a, this is like eight, aren't there like eight people on that show? They get enough time, they can break away. Yeah. Or Urban Cowboy, a modern reimagining of the classic film starring Deborah Winger and John Travolta. <laughs> okay. Is that ne- is that necessary? That's that seems like well, just... what do they have? They have what's a, the Exorcist? If they do the Exorcist. Why not do Urban Cowboy, right? Yeah. Uh... Zubikudi. A, a successful driven cardiologist risks career suicide by teaming with a socially challenged veterinarian who relates better to animals than people. <laughs> this is this is like the worst of everything. Not only is it medical, they've got yeah, animals in there. And you have a socially challenged person. So it's it's corky, it's yeah. got it's got a little bit of ER and no, this is not gonna work. It probably okay, will run uh, for twenty seasons. Good Fortune, an ensemble comedy that focuses on a hyper-structured young woman whose life is upended when she starts taking advice from a mysterious fortune teller. From Rashida Jones. Mm. Probably not. Have you, on an aside, have you been watching, what's her her, her, her other show, Rashida Jones? Uh, I caught like half of one. Did I've you? just been traveling a lot. Okay. It, was, it was all right, you know? All right. Very, it's very like uh, Zucker Abrams. See, and... That is a draw to me. I should probably give it a chance. Imaginary friend centers on a woman, an intelligent yet unmotivated woman who discovers a special and unexpected way of dealing with her mediocre life. So, so the, the, this is different from the one, the woman who, who's getting married and her imaginary friend returns. And then the woman who could talk to her dog or I don't think she could talk to her dog. Her dog, to, just, her dog talks. Her dog can talk her. to the production crew, right? Yeah. <laughs> Marlon, loosely inspired by Marlon Wayne's life. Ugh. He's the worst Wayne. Yeah. Pa- Powerless, set in the DC Comics universe full of superheroes, villains, and people just like us. Powerless is described as an office comedy about the exceedingly average employees at an insurance company and their quest to find their own power. I am actually looking forward to this one. I this do. reminds me of, uh, did you ever see No Heroics, the British show? I haven't. Uh, it's one of these like lo-fi superhero comedies. Um, okay, untitled birthday dramedy, <laughs> described as a unique ensemble that follows characters all born on the same day. Okay, and the cast is like Mandy Moore, Milo Ventimiglia. I'm noticing a theme when I look at either cast, well, or mostly executive producers on these. That if you were ever on an NBC show that ran for a couple of seasons. <laughs> 
then you you're working your way back in through oh, like being an executive Fox, producer. Yeah, yeah it's just Fox, you just look Fox at the recycles talent a lot. Yeah. yeah. Untitled Tracy Wakefield, inspired by the life of Tracy Wakefield, the comedy centers on a mother-daughter relationship that is challenged when an overly involved New Jersey mom interns at her daughter's workplace, a cable news network. This is a Tina Fey show. That so one, she's doing. That one doesn't sound as interesting. But she's on. She's splitting time between. Are these all NBC? The other one was NBC yeah. too. Never mind. Sh- Chicago Law, the fourth Chicago show. Do, have, you, have you ever seen any of them? No, I've never. I've never seen any of them. Uh, but I feel people, like they're killing it with an older demographic. It's yeah, like yeah, NCIS. Yeah. They're just like indic- yeah. addicted to the Chicago shows. They gotta have more. Midnight Texas, based on best-selling trilogy dramas described as Twin Peaks meets True Blood in Midnight Texas, a remote town where your neighbor could be a vampire, a witch, a werewolf, or even an angel. <laughs> nah. This is for the, 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 the Twilight crowd, right? Well, it's oh. like a Once Upon a Time type of yeah. thing where there's like, yeah. <laughs> Miranda's Rights, that's the title. Miranda's Rights. A legal soap centering on 28-year-old Miranda Cole gets a shot at redemption six years after a sex scandal upended her life, when she's hired by a group of millennials living and working together in a startup startup law firm. But but she's 28 years old. She is a millennial, isn't she? I think by definition. Miranda's rights. Taken. A modern-day prequel prequel to the Liam Neeson <laughs> film. The series will illustrate how a young Brian develops his skills. I will never cease being shocked at the amount of things <laughs> that have been created and continue to be created based off of Taken. I'm not disparaging it. The first movie is okay. Yeah. And Liam Neeson Ta- is cool. But shit. Time. The, uh, hi, uh, follows an unlikely trio who travel through time to battle a master and criminal intent on altering the fabric of human history. More time From travel. Sh- from Sean Ryan, this one. Oh, is it? And, and uh, Neil Marshall is directing. I might give it a chance since Sean yeah. Ryan's attached. And then finally, Unveiled, following an ensemble of flawed guardian angels who intervene in the lives of those who find themselves facing crises. <laughs> so. Oh, this one is from Roma Downey, Touched by an Angel. Well, she she has experience with. Th- this with one heaven. is experience. This one is explicitly, uh, you know, Christian uh, pandering, guardian angels. So it's not going to be very blasphemous then. Yeah. Well, count me out. It, I think NBC is also doing like a musical, The Passion for Easter, and they, they, I read that they cast Daughtry, Chris Daughtry, as Judas. So seems par for the course there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, CW. Frequency, a reimagining of the New Line cinema film. A female police detective in 2016 discovers she is able to speak via ham radio with her estranged father who died in 1996. So Fox is doing Urban Cowboy. NBC is taken. And now Frequency. Did you see the film? The, the movie Frequency? Yeah, yeah. It sounds just like... Uh, contact to me this is the butterfly this is the butterfly effect where i think in the film i I haven't seen the film either but i think in the film he could like put something in the past that would show up in the future like an object somewhere oh then he could use it like if he was yeah yeah so it's like i think this is a twist on a procedural right no tomorrow when a risk-averse straight arrow female procurement manager at an Amazon-like distribution center falls in love with a free-willing man who lives life to the fullest because he believes the apocalypse is imminent, uh, they embark on a quest together to fulfill their individual bucket lists. <laughs> okay. This is a bucket list with young people. I don't, I, okay. Nah, I don't like that. Riverdale... Based on Archie Comics characters is a surprising and subversive take on Archie, Betty, Veronica, and their friends. Well, <laughs> should we expect this to be like the DC's Scooby-Doo? Like a, uh, a, the, 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 the updated gritty take? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this going to be gritty Archie? Well, they did just reboot the comics. Like Archie kind of got 
a, a reboot in its drawing and subject matter not that long ago. So they may be pulling from from those newer ones, and they seem to be more realistic. Transylvania. In 1880, a headstrong young woman in search of her missing father ventures from New York City to Transylvania, where she teams with a disgraced, wrongfully disgraced Scotland Yard detective. Together, they witness the birth of the most famous monsters and villains in history. Too much like Penny Dreadful. And, uh... Untitled Mars Drama. A team of explorers arrive on Mars to join the first human colony on the planet, only to discover that their predecessors have vanished. Their colonists are forced to change their mission from exploration and settlement to investigation and survival. So this this is a CW show set on Mars. I don't know if the budget's yeah. there to make that. It's kind of like real cheap. A lot of interiors like The Martian, right? Yeah. All right. That's it. <laughs> I, uh, you can find me elsewhere on adamriff.com and on Twitter at adamriffs with an S at the end. And you can find me on Twitter at zombieologist. And you can also email us at backwashaudio at gmail.com. And just a reminder, we're still available on iTunes and very easily subscribable. So please do that, and we'll see you in the next one. Mm-hmm.